Okay, hello, welcome to episode 112 of Sack King's Therapy. What is that? It's it's the return. He has finally returned of what feels like 12 years since he's been gone. This is basically the Sack King's Therapy's version of the CM Punk return. Yeah, so, yeah, seven years, or actually, it's only been about, you know, what's it, two weeks, maybe? But it feels like... <laughs> Seven years. You just heard his voice. It's Fong. He's back. Hello. 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 Yes. Uh, there is no beef between us. Uh, if you guys were thinking of that, uh, he was just on vacation and now he's back. So there he is. He's finally back. I imagine if like we had a bigger audience, we of course our audience is not as big as AEW's, but we do have a you know, somewhat of an audience, and I assume you guys are all very happy to be hearing his voice again and yes he's back um and he should be with us for most episodes uh hopefully but yeah we'll have to see because uh yeah it's kind of busy during the weekdays or that's what usually the days that you know we usually record so hopefully during the regular season things change but yeah we'll, we'll knock on wood on that <laughs> keep uh with our wrestling theme yeah he's basically re- re-signed on a brock lesnar contract he shows up whenever the hell he wants basically oh yeah oh yeah so, and i pay him a ton of money brock lesnar levels money for him to show up anyways so since he is back um i decided to just ask him basically this episode is gonna primarily be me asking him questions because guess what because he hasn't been on i haven't been able to ask him questions about um uh, Kings basketball or NBA basketball in general, or God forbid, wrestling. So, <laughs> uh, let so this episode I'm going to be asking him 14 questions about about the NBA, about the Kings, about the well, I have one on the 49ers uh, and one one on uh, WWE. Well, not not specifically WWE, but wrestling in general. So, all right, let's get it started. So, my first question. Now, this caused a lot of controversy on Twitter. Uh, it was from Andy Bailey. He he uh, published an article for Bleacher Report. And I am going to ask you a question related to this article. I, I assume you have not read it yet, right? Um, I mean, to be honest, the last few weeks have been pretty dry for me in King's News. Other than, you know, what's going on with Ben Simmons. But we'll get to that. Okay, perfect. Well... Uh, according to the report, do you think that Lonzo Ball is better than De'Aaron Fox? Ah, uh, in my opinion, uh, I don't think so. Why he, why Lonzo provides a lot of stuff, um, like as a team, uh, I guess, player than uh, Fox uh, can. Why Fox is right uh, in the team setting, but uh, between them, I offensively fox is weeks better and that's my opinion to be honest yeah i don't think there's any universe (laughs) where lonzo is actually better than fox like sure yeah as you just brought up he's probably a better defender and some people brought up the fact that lonzo could probably be a better second option on a good team I mean, he's the fourth option mm. on a shit team, and they still don't do shit. So mm-hmm. I don't know where the argument is for number two on a good team. Anyways, uh, yeah, there I, I don't have the numbers up, but 
someone brought up the head-to-head comparisons for uh, them two when they play against each other. <laughs> yeah, Fox basically destroys Lonzo. And, of course, defensive numbers are hard to actually analyze. And Lonzo has had good games defensively against Fox. Of course, they don't paint the they don't paint like the perfect picture, but like the fact that like you know you can I guess Andy Bailey it just shows that Andy Bailey the author of that article didn't watch any Kings basketball and probably watched a little bit more Pelicans basketball and he sees that Lonzo fits very well next to a really good player and you know that's true but there's no indication that Fox can't. And and I've read through the article. It does not it does not go into detail of why he thinks Fox is better than Lonzo. He basically said Lonzo has had a, has had a decent season. He averaged 14 points. I think I don't remember the exact stats. I want to say six rebounds and maybe six assists. And then De'Aaron Fox averages 25 points and four assists or seven assists. <laughs> like I, I don't see what argument he's trying to make. I'm just gonna put this one to rest. And yeah, Fox. And also, by the way, um, so by the rank, so just to go a little bit into the uh, into that article. So, of course, uh, Jason Tatum was number one on the redraft, which makes sense. Markel Fultz won number one, if you, if you don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with that too much. I would have gone actually with number two first uh, my, as my first pick, Donovan Mitchell. I, I think Mitchell's better than Tatum, honestly. Oh, okay. my, my opinion. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Mm. Yeah, to be honest, now that I think about it more, I think, yeah, Donovan 1, Tatum 2 is fine for me. <laughs> yeah, and you you can have that debate. And, like, Tatum is good. Don't get it twisted. Yeah. I just I just think Donovan Mitchell's a killer. And, of course, Tatum has shown that he's quite a killer in the playoffs as well. It's just I just prefer to go to Donovan Mitchell. That's just my own opinion. Uh, number three, Bam Adebayo. Okay, make to me makes sense. Like you know, he made the finals, and he is a he is he is Rudy Gobert's levels of good on defense. Like he's kind of like a little bit of a mix between kind of Draymond and R- Rudy Gobert. Like he's up there in terms of defensively. Mm-hmm. Offensively, he's a work in progress, but like he he's good. And you know, as, you know, as mentioned, he is a very good second option on a very good team. And, you know, we'll see if, like, he can continue to get better. Uh, number, Of course, number four was Lonzo Ball. You want to take a guess. So, uh, spoilers, Fox was number six. You want to take a guess who he put number five? Number five? Wait, Fox isn't R5? <laughs> Fox is not five. He would have gone to the Orlando Magic. And so, of course, the Kings had the fifth pick in 2017. Just off the top of your head, and, who are, and with the people that are left who would you have taken if you remember uh so lonzo's four lonzo's four which was outrageous enough as it is uh, number five honestly should probably go above lonzo I, in fact that there would be a lot more guys who would put above lonzo let's see i'm looking at the list right now and i'm gonna go like oh gosh i gotta name a few and i don't agree of any of those three in the five spot uh is one of them gonna be kyle kuzma it is not kyle kuzma he he's a little farther down i think okay how about jared allen uh no he is no he's not on there okay he's on the list i don't i forgot where i don't have the article in front of me 
Okay, the last one after scrolling down through the list, I'm thinking, let's see, OG Anobi? No, it's Not John even. Collins. John Collins? Yeah, that's, that's, hey, that's, that's max Wait. contract, uh, John Collins to you, sir. Wait, John Collins or Zach Collins? No, John Collins. Zach Collins is a, Zach Collins is the white guy. Um, John Collins is the one on the Hawks. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Funny. Fair enough. You know he was re- he was really good in the playoffs, and like you know Trey Young gets all the love like for that playoff run, like getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. John Collins was really good and was a serviceable second option, like on that mm-hmm. team. And you know he's good. I still wouldn't take him over Fox, but you know like that's what that's what a good playoff run does for you. This is what this article shows. I see. I I mean. I... I would put him like top maybe 10, 15, but top five, man, that's a that's a stretch. Again, like he ju- he just made the he was a big part in the Hawks team that made the Eastern Conference Finals, and again he just got a max contract, so mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Uh, still, again, I would I would take him over Lonzo, that's for sure. And don't get it twisted, I like Lonzo. Lonzo's a terrific player, and if we could some if we had a way to get him. Not anymore because it's not a pretty big contract. But like, if we had a way to get Lonzo, like I would love him on the Kings. Mm, yeah. He, but don't get it twisted. He's not better than Fox. Like it's it's not even close. No. Yeah, I would I would definitely put him at the six man. But you know, since we got Davion, yeah, I mean, yeah. Honestly, since we got Tyrese, there's not that much i mean the defense he would help a lot on defense but there's not much of a use for lonzo anymore yeah i wanted a connector on the offense and you know a very good defender like of course tyrese again doesn't bring the the defensive impact that lonzo would but like the offensive connector like qualities that lonzo has like tyrese does the kind of the same thing Uh, yeah let's put that argument to rest and also you know just quickly like on D'Lo and Casey like he mentions uh, about uh, how a lot of people don't watch Kings games especially the people who cover the league nationally and he basically made the point like these guys need to do their damn job and watch Kings games and watch every every 30 teams or all 30 teams Uh, Mm -hmm. you agree with that sentiment it's tough (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to watch every single team and know what every single team has done. So it's yeah. <sighs> I don't know what to say. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, I, I get the idea of it. Yes, they are paid to do this for national to cover it nationally. And you know, Kings do kind of get left out because we're on the West Coast and we start at seven, so like why the hell would anyone stay up like at t- basically the games start at 10 on the east coast which is brutal if you want to watch king's games mm-hmm. so like and you know let, let's be honest it's been 15 years of no playoffs we haven't been relevant basically for the last 15 years like why would you ever stay to watch king's games if i was on the east coast i'm not staying up to watch king's games let's be honest and yeah I get the sentiment like they really should follow the Kings a little bit more and again this kind of shows like what the national media they they don't watch every game they don't follow every team and sometimes they kind of throw together a list like this and hopefully kind of it gets clicks and gets a little bit of attention but and if if they are like seriously trying to be taking taken I guess again seriously as 
a objective good website good website for the nba yeah this ain't it mm. no yeah i do i do i do disagree with uh kc sentiment on espn 1320 i don't think i don't i wouldn't i wouldn't tell them to watch all 30 games just get a better idea talk to people like jason jones is available like james ham's available like sean cunningham mm-hmm. like just talk a little bit with these guys and get a little closer look at the situation if you if they can but like yeah they're pretty pretty uh pretty like just kind of lackluster effort on the on the article and just yeah a bit disrespectful to the kings unfortunately but i kind of don't blame him to a certain degree but i mean it is what it is and i like andy bailey by the way the, the author of this like i follow him on twitter and uh he posts like these really interesting like um exercises where basically he puts player a um average this average this stat per 36 and player b and then he ch- and then he asks you to choose which one would you prefer i really like those exercises because it can get tricky sometimes mm. because you like the player that you think is not good on the stat sheet like ends up being a player that you don't like or like you know vice versa basically <sighs> i see it's, it's a pretty fun exercise so you know I just wish people would pay more attention to the Kings, but that's on the Kings to actually be a better team so that people will would pay attention. Oh, yeah. Once we get good and hopefully uh, this season or te- uh, yeah, this season. Uh, yeah. More coverage and more national games. Um, yeah. Let's hope that happens soon because, uh, yeah, I don't want to be the record holder for longest drought anymore. Speaking of that, like talking about getting better. So, you know, Ben Simmons is basically the talk of the town of the entire national NBA media, not just the Kings. Um, before we dive into, you know, Simmons on the Kings, like in more detail. So this trade, like if this trade were to happen, this has been compared a lot to kind of when the Kings traded for Weber and they traded away Mitch Richmond and Otis Thorpe. And like... Basically, it's because, you know, Sacramento has not traded for, he has not traded for star like Weber since Weber. And, you know, know, despite all his flaws, Simmons is a star. Now, my question to you is, is Simmons better than, Simmons now better than Weber was when we traded for him? Uh, That's, that's a little tough. There's like, they're in like both different eras, but provide like different things in a way and uh, I would say no I would say no I don't think so either I think this, the flaws that Simmons has is you know when it especially when it comes to the playoffs it's gonna be hot, tough to cover up his in a like not even inability it's it like uh, the lack of urgency and like desire to score in the fourth quarter like it's a bit alarming and we'll see if that becomes a problem this season if we do end up trading for him but like in the regular season i think he's gonna be really good for us but what weber provided was you know a post a post option a post passer and just raise the floor of the team so much with how brilliant he was on offense and i don't as like depending on what we trade i don't see simmons being able to change like the way the Kings play, the way that Weber did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a, I'm on the Weber train of like yeah, because like I mean it, 
he he really he literally legitimately like granted he gets scapegoated for that playoff run a little too much now like he did have one of the worst performances i think in playoff history yeah as an all-star especially and for what he could or could have provided it was it was god-awful yeah and again i think he gets scapegoated a little bit too much for it but like that was a really bad collapse and he was at the center of it Mm -hmm. okay well uh speaking of ben simmons well ben simmons was posting a lot of instagram videos and uh, videos on twitter of him shooting jumpers he's making threes again he's uh he's apparently doing drills where he takes where he basically dribbles at from the three-point line and dunks it over five four guys like I mean, ha- ha- I mean, does that change your mind? Is can he shoot now? Is is he gonna actually change his ways? Uh, it, it all comes down to actually playing in the NBA floor because I, I do not trust it. Still. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, like, I don't give a shit because, especially because he did the shit. He did the exact same shit last year, where he was making oh, threes and yeah, pickup yeah, games, yeah. shooting from like thirty feet. And guess what? He shot at what? Actually, let me just check real quick how many uh, three-point attempts he actually had this season. Jeez, it has to be like two. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it's two. So he has like, made two five. Made. He has made five. Wow, five, really? It's five for 34. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, gra- and granted, like, it's it's not like him shooting would solve everything he's not gonna be like it's the thing where like you might as well get started and like the thing is i never got why he never just started just shooting threes and you know like Giannis is not a good shooter and like he should have been on the same track as Giannis was but because he didn't even try to practice these threes in games like he's way behind the eight ball at this point and uh, i i don't know like and also posting these videos, it really shows he doesn't have that much uh, self-awareness. Like, that concerns me, to say the yeah. least. Now, if he, let's just say, attempted a few frees a game starting, you know, this season, I, I would want to see like what quote-unquote improvement he has made. But yeah, so far from just posting on Instagram, uh, nothing, you know. Nothing's too impressive, in my opinion, to be honest. Yeah, I just, I just don't give a shit. Like, yeah. he's an M, you're an NBA player. Like, you're supposed to be doing that. And also, like, you know, the stories about him not act. He's actually like stories about him being right-handed, but his father told him to play left-handed, and he just has never gone back to shooting right-handed like <laughs> and it's just it, it just makes it just bottles my mind it just makes me face palm of just like what in the fuck no oh, just like my shoot or jumper yeah are you in the nba nope. <laughs> like, it's just uh i, I don't get it. it it makes me just scratch my head and just frustration it's just like what the fuck but uh yeah okay well on kind of that topic as well i just mentioned like he he basically posted a a video saying or somebody posted a video about basically him running a drill where he basically kind of snakes around again a bunch of five four guys and then dunks it 
And then the caption was, how many point guards in the league can do this? First of all, the answer is a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of people <laughs> actually do it. And, like, this is, this is kind of a thing that I'm... If the Kings were to trade for him, and he, and he comes in and says, all right, I'm going to play point guard. Fox, you play the two. Like, does that concern you? Yeah, I'd say it concerns me. <laughs> I, I don't want to ruin any chemistry uh, but Simmons I think he should play the four in my opinion like I, I'm, I'm actually on the I'm actually on the train of it really doesn't matter uh, Brandon Nunez was the one that it said this it's like the the, the one, to, one to five positions if you think about it it's more about defense than anything like on offense it's ball handlers and guys who can't handle the ball basically and then shooters mm-hmm. so like you know i don't think it really matters that much on the half court it will be a problem if he was to quote unquote play the point guard but like he can still kind of create to a certain degree it's just that he he's not a threat to shoot but it's not been an issue in the regular season for the most part so it's i'm not as worried but i would again it's more the mentality and the approach that I'm worried about. It's that you've suffered the, this kind of setback. I mean, not, not setback, but like you su- you suffered humiliating defeats and just mm-hmm. like deflating losses because of your unwillingness to, you know, improve your game. And at this point, like you suffered just got, you know, again, one of the worst collapses in in NBA playoff history. And you have the entire city of Philadelphia basically showing you the door and that news anchor, you know, calling, basically making that joke about the uh, trash can being washed away by a hurricane. I already, I don't know the name. Like, if that's not enough to actually make you change, like finally like go through some self-reflection and, you know, have an epiphany to kind of like this is where you need to change your game and like improve like i don't know what's gonna make you improve <laughs> yeah well we'll have to see for this season because this is i mean it's right now really going downhill for him and he needs to somehow prove himself to other teams other than the sixers that he is still this kind of all-star that can support a team but I don't think he can be the one to, you know, help the team. I don't know how to. I don't know how to say it. To be honest, I I think he'll help. I think him playing point guard in the regular season isn't a problem because he's actually big enough to actually overpower most defenders in the mm. regular season. It's it's a problem in the playoffs more than anything. Yeah, yeah. But again, like the, the I mean, he can play off ball a little bit too, and like I think he can work with Fox. In, we'll get to that in a little bit but like i think he can work with fox like i think there's enough spacing on the kings for the most part to be able to provide driving lanes to him and him being able to kind of like you know being like kind of the initiator of the offense even though like his man is sagging off him i think that can work because he's he's got he's a really good passer and he can find openings that you know like no one else on the team can and i think it can work in the regular season and you know i I'm not worried. I'm not so worried about the playoffs just yet because it's. I'm more worried about getting there first. Like, mm, yeah. And, you know, like, you know, if it's a problem there, we'll figure it out in the playoffs. Oh yeah. I'm kind of wondering what kind of um, 
lineups we'll make with Ben Simmons. Let's just say, like, theoretically, we have everyone still, and we somehow included Ben Simmons. Like, what kind of lineup do you think we'll be putting out there? Are we still going to put Howie out there? Maybe Barnes? So, kind of the dream scenario is, of course, you know, trading away Buddy and Marvin and picks for him, <laughs> yeah, even though, uh... even though, like, Although I will say it, that's actually looking more and more likely by the day, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It it's getting to that point because his value is that low. Like, let, let's assume that's the trade. Uh, the the line, starting lineup would be Fox, Halliburton, uh, Barnes, and then Simmons at the four and Rashad yeah. at the five would okay, be yeah. my lineup. Mm-hmm. And then you can run small ball lineups with him at center. Mm-hmm. Like, you can probably have Mo Harkless in there, like as the three, and then Barnes at the four. Like, there's a lot of possibilities there. And that's another thing. Simmons is good as a five. Like, it's just that, unfortunately, in Philadelphia, guess who's the five? It's Joel Embiid. You're not sitting Joel Embiid. Like, <laughs> so he's not going to get to play small ball five. And it, it's unfortunate. Like, that's another unfortunate thing for Simmons because he, what he's good at is, like, what, when he's at his best is, small, is the small ball five position. But, like, the fit with him and Embiid is just so bad because both of them are not, like, not good shooters. Like, Embiid's not a good shooter, and Simmons doesn't shoot at all. And, like, they operate in the kind of the same areas, in a way. Mm-hmm. And Embiid is, by the way, not a good, not a really a good pick-and-roll um, big man either. So, like, he's a post-up guy, and when you have Simmons on the floor, like, you, t- you can help off of Simmons, it's just not it's just a bad fit and like if he is able to get on the kings like and you're able to just supplement him with decent amount of shooting like there's a scenario where you can keep buddy and maybe even trade barnes and that could actually work like you know i think simmons can really excel Hmm. yeah i could see that happening but to be honest i'd rather trade buddy instead of barnes i'd rather keep barnes for a long while so there, so one of the arguments for keeping uh, Buddy over Barnes is that uh, Ben Simmons apparently is one of the best players in the league at setting up open threes, mm. because especially in transition, because you know, like six ten, crazy fast, like he really can just straight up overpower defenses, because you know, most most well the evolution of basketball, they're not exactly ready for a six ten guy who can dribble who can you know dribble handle the ball and like at at his size and you know with his speed so, like he sets up a lot of open threes and you know in the perfect scenario when you can get a stop and you can get buddy running on the break that is when he is at his absolute best there's an argument there to keep to keep buddy interesting yes so, salary yeah. wise maybe i don't know <laughs> not only wise you can make it work like if you can yeah. if they're willing to take barnes and marvin like, you, you can you can do that okay yeah i see well uh here's well talking about trades like you know so, a lot of people brought up like this is almost a perfect storm in a way because we have a guy that can provide th- what philly needs for the most part at the point guard position and you you and me have talked about it a little bit too i mean would you trade fox for simmons one-on-one oh one i mean funny that's funny because i was actually about to ask you that uh when we got to this question because i was talking to another friend about it and he said he would for me 
I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I, honestly, at this point, I, again, I've spoken a lot. Of, I've kind of defended Simmons a little bit. I don't even think he's better than Fox at this point. <laughs> like it's it's gotten to that point for for you know rest of the league and me. Like, and also don't forget, Fox was like for most of the year our only real creator. You sub, you replace him with Simmons, you take away a lot of shot creation. And you know for stretches as well. Like you know Fox was like the the best fourth quarter scorer in the league. Mm-hmm. You replace him with Simmons. One of the worst fourth quarter, fourth fourth quarter closers in the league. Like, yeah, no, I, I get the idea of it because you know, like Fox can't shoot, and he, you know, he really didn't play much defense last year. And Simmons plays all the defense. But like, you have to. He, one of the things about like to, in today's league, I don't think that I don't think gets valued enough. Shot creation, like the ability to be able to get a bucket. And like the fact that your man simply cannot guard you one on one, that that has a lot of value. And you know, again, Simmons can overpower guys for the most part, but it, it gets to a point where like I don't know if I can trust him in the board, especially with his free throw problems, which are somehow even worse than Fox's. <sighs> yeah, I mean, those four quarters are gonna be like hacka Simmons almost every game. I feel probably and you know we'll see if he improves on that but you know moving on like you know on a i guess a lesser note although you know would you trade halliburton for simmons not one for one you would actually have to include stuff in there but like would you would you include halliburton in a in a package for simmons in my opinion no i wouldn't either yeah just Again, it's it's gotten to that point with Simmons. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, just, it's... I, I don't know. Like, I, like, of course, like the Kings aren't in a position to turn down talent, and like, you know, for, to get talent, you have to give up some as well. I really I, like this is a lot of emotional attachment on my part too. I don't want to give up Halliburton for Simmons. I think Halliburton, to a certain degree. Like can provide a lot, not a lot of what Simmons brings. Simmons is, you know, miles better on defense. Mm-hmm. The play, and he's probably a better playmaker than Halley is. But Halley can shoot and can actually run the point very well as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and you know, like Lord knows he's in, he's gonna enter his second year. Like Lord knows how much he's gonna improve. You know, and you know Simmons looks like he's reaching a certain kind of ceiling. Uh, you know barring an incredible change in uh, approach and mentality like i don't see a huge improvement from him so i actually wouldn't even do halliburton for him now how about davion including a package for davion which will be a lot tougher because he's still a rookie and uh you're probably gonna have to include more but how about that you would have to talk me into it at this point. Like, like ha- I mean, if you said, like, to trade away the ninth pick, like, uh, on draft night, I would have said yes, yes, yes. But now that I've seen Davion play and the potential of him to change the culture, mm-hmm. I you would have to talk me into it. Like, I'm, I'm actually not very willing to give up Davion either. Like, it, it's gone to that point with Simmons. For me, I think it depends on the package, of course. But, like I said, it's it'll be a tough package to give up uh to the sixers just to get simmons so 
Yeah, I can see <laughs> what you mean. Um, how many picks would you be willing to uh, oh, give up for him? Uh, depending on the package, I wouldn't say more than two or three, to be honest. Uh, let, let's narrow it down. Two or three. I would say closer to two. I'd actually give up up to uh, well, it, it's it's basically through draft picks. I would give up a pick, two picks, and a pick swap for him. Like would be how far I would go. Uh huh. But like, yeah, if you, I mean, if if we're including Halliburton and or Davion, yeah, you, good luck getting one draft pick for me. <laughs> like that's where I'm at. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, Halliburton, it, I'm not giving you. I'm not giving you jack shit for no. draft picks. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah then like davion maybe i'll give you a very heavily protected first yeah like i said it really depends on the trade and what you're including but yeah two two is the max for me okay well that's gonna do it for the simmons trade talk well let's talk about the actual team so there's been a lot of talk about three guard lineups and you know the three guard lineup of course is Davion Fox and Halliburton and a lot of people talked about it and whether or not or there's a lot of discussion about it whether it will work or whether it will not now I think we talked about the whether we think the three guard lineup will work I think I think I said oh I'm pretty sure I said like it was going to work what were you where did you stand on that I think it could work definitely uh in the I I feel like most situations within the when playing against other teams uh but other than that i would say i would experiment with it for a little bit and then if it doesn't pan out then i would just say put davion on the six man spot well okay so yeah you're so you're on more of the side it could work well would you start this lineup Ooh. So assume, I, assume, assuming like Luke Walton doesn't go fucking crazy and start Buddy at the four. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's assume it's going to be Davion, Fox, Halliburton, uh, uh, Barnes at the four, and then uh, Rashawn. I I definitely start it. I I I'm on the side of not starting this unless it's against a very specific team that has a small yeah, line yeah. to start. I wouldn't do that to start. I would like mix it in at like end of quarters and possibly to close like mm-hmm. a lot of people have said like well you can't have three guards out like that are that small out there and you know Halliburton's only like 6'5 although I've read some places where he's 6'7 apparently I don't know okay I don't know but like people are like saying well that's just too small mind you we our best lineup last year was our closing lineup with buddy at the three barnes at the four and Rashawn at the five with halliburton at the two or three whatever the fuck you want to you want to classify that as i think you can easily replace davion uh, with buddy or no you can replace buddy with davion and i think it will work perfectly fine and if you're saying like well buddy's six four well he might as well have been six one because like everyone was hunting him like it's not like those few inches helped like and it's not like it actually helped him get steals or get blocks like you you can easily supplement him on defense uh, in that position and also like you know you say like well we're gonna lose spacing at least from how i remember it 
like Buddy didn't really do much in that lineup for the most part, outside of provide a little bit of spacing. And I mean, what I mean is that he didn't like he didn't really do he didn't really like contribute like by scoring or you know of course if you we're not we're not expecting him to play defense. So like I think you could easily supplement or like replace that position with Davion. Yeah, so far from what Davion has uh, shown us, definitely I would. I could imagine him doing a lot better than Buddy in the fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, going back to the, would we start um, the three guard lined up uh, in a game? I would say I would start it uh, for a little, I, I would say a little more than halfway throughout the first quarter to see how it, like I said, experiment a little. And then you could like swap in and out uh, when you know, there's a uh, player changes and whatnot. I just don't think it started again, unless against a very specific team. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that I, I just don't see it. Like one of the things about small ball, you're going to wear out guys like throughout the season. If you play small ball, because like you're playing, a, you're, you're guarding a bigger guy with a smaller guy and it's going to wear on your players. Like it mm-hmm. wore out Harrison Barnes, you know, it kind of wore out Rashawn too. And, like Fox have got COVID, but like you can kind of tell, like he was a bit worn down by the end. Mm-hmm. Although you know other reasons as well, but like you, you can't convince me that defense wasn't like one of the reasons. Worn <laughs> uh, down by the end. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, it's the second part of this question. Like you know, we just talked about replacing Buddy in that in that fourth quarter lineup. Do you think Buddy, should, like, if he's gonna stay on the team? You think Buddy's gonna get a lot of minutes in the fourth? Oh, oh no, dear God, no! He could he could probably start a few minutes in the fourth, but take him out after that. Gee, <laughs> definitely take him out after like, a few minutes starting the fourth. I mean, if, if the team is rolling with him, maybe keep him in there. But okay, like, yeah. I'm I'm yeah, I'm on the side of like, yeah, you can start fourth quarters with him. Kind of what we were like talking about, like with Marvin this this year. Or this last year, like, why didn't Luke just kind of start him in the fourth instead of having that lineup play the entire fourth quarter? Like, you can kind of sprinkle in some fourth quarter minutes there, like for Buddy and possibly for Marvin. Although, yeah, that that's going to be a defensive train wreck. But like, I think you can, I think you can squeeze in some Buddy minutes there. I would think, but we'll, we'll see how that one plays out. But yeah, as it stands, like, I don't see that many games where Buddy's going to be closing. Okay, well, on to the next question. So we've been talking about, you know, internal and like if a Ben Simmons trade is not going to happen, we're going to be relying a lot on a lot on Davion. And of course, a lot on internal improvements from Tyrese and possibly Fox, although Fox has improved so much at this point. Like, I mean, it's pretty it's a it's a reach to think to, for me to think that he's going to improve like that much more. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty insane if he's gonna keep improving so i'm so like the guy i key in on is tyrese like mm-hmm. he had an incredible first year like just beyond what a rookie is supposed to be able to do like he just did so much shit that yeah. we're like rookies are not supposed to be able to do and so the trajectory then is that well the in his second year with a full training camp with a full summer to you know build muscle like, he's going to improve, right? 
Well, he, well yeah. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying that. I'm not saying I think this. But in a, in a scenario where, say, Tyrese just doesn't improve. Like, he's just simply, for the most part, the player he was last year. And of course, and like, as we, and you know, we've said before, like during the, towards the end of the season, he really showed a lot of improvement, like being the primary ball handler, like controlling the offense. Like, let's just say he's, he's the player, like, let's just say he's going to show flashes of that every now and then, like what he did at the end of the season. But for the most part, for the, for most games, he's just like what he was for most of the year last year. Yeah. Would you be disappointed? Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't be disappointed. But yeah, you, like we've seen a lot of disappointment from you know <laughs> Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley, but from Tyrese and what he provided for us last season, I think it's subsist or it's good enough for us. Uh, yeah, I would. That's yeah. One of the things about Tyrese coming into the draft, although I don't think it's why he, you know, slid down, was a lot of people, like, I guess the analysis of Tyrese was that he has a very low ceiling, a high high floor, but a very low ceiling. And, you know, you can can take what you will. It's, they're, like, most of these, like, draft experts, they know what they're talking about, but there are times where they can be wrong. And I'm expecting them to be wrong in this way, just because, like, there are things I can easily see Tyrese get better at, like getting stronger. Like he was a rail basically last year, and there was no time during the season to work out. Like, and you, you know, there are some. Of course, I don't put too much stock into this, but there are summer videos of him like actually driving in and drawing contact on guys now. There, there's stuff like that like he can get to the free throw line a little bit better and you know like he, i think he can, he will get better like to the degree of which he will get better i don't know but i think there's gonna be a huge jump from him i think this year oh yeah but you know like i said if he doesn't improve i mean he's already provided so much compared to uh the disappointments that we've come across so yeah <laughs> I, i'm just hoping that there's no fall off from what he has provided so far uh to you know i don't know what uh bottom of the pit i'm thinking of uh, and you know if the kings are a better team Tyrese like infinitely improves that team because he's a guy that fits on a good team like mm-hmm. you know some of the like the incredible defensive reads he made last year on a good defense on a good team those become more like prominent because you know he can just focus more on certain things and like if the if the kings can just like provide somehow just provide better play on the floor like tyrese can supplement that better play with you know his genius basically Mm -hmm. i think oh yeah you know I, I think he will improve, and I think the team will be better as a whole. And I think that, like, that will kind of almost, you know, not the what was the what's the what's the opposite of a double whammy? Uh, <sighs> a, a, a double a double sandwich? I don't know, a double McCheeseburger? I don't know, but <laughs> I, I, it's it's gonna be a double McCheeseburger for, uh, for for the Kings. I think, like, if they're a better team, Tyrese gets better as well. Because he is a guy that will help a winning team 
way more than he than he can help a losing team. Oh yeah, you know. Hopefully, you know, we'll make it the top eight sometime, someday, maybe this season, maybe next. Well, that's gonna be my next question. Now, bar now we're gonna like it, it, you know by the day it just looks like this this Simmons saga is not really going to end anytime soon which means he will be going into training camp with the Sixers and probably play games for the Sixers oh my god that is a fucking like tsunami <laughs> waiting to happen uh, yeah that is uh, maybe too early but we'll just say we'll just say it's a it, it's gonna be it's a disaster waiting to happen mm-hmm. now, like without a Simmons trade you think this is a top 18 I'd say the Kings will be borderline. I'd say we could make the seven eighth, but I I wouldn't be surprised if we made made it close to the seven eighth spot. Now I was very much in the kind of I guess on the side of I thought the Kings were gonna be in the set fighting for the seven and eighth, and you know depending on like if a, some sort of miracle happens i guess like mm-hmm. they could actually sneak into the six like you know bar like let's just say they ha- they're just like everyone is just healthy throughout the year and there's a, and other teams suffer some sort of injury i'm not calling for it but like you know injuries do happen mm-hmm. and so you know so i'm gonna list the teams from last year and this is unfortunately what kind of got me off of the Kings being able to fight for the seven or like be in the sixth spot for sure. I don't think they're going to make the sixth spot, but I do think they'll definitely be in the seven and eighth. I'm going to read out like the team, the seven, basically the 10 teams that didn't make the playoffs, which I'm including the play in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to read it out and I'm going to have you list out who you think is going to be out. So, OK. Todd Jazz. In Phoenix Suns. In Denver Nuggets. In Clippers. In <laughs> Mavericks. That's a tough one. I'd say borderline. Uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be fighting for the Sixers, the Sixers to play in. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd say in for now uh one thing to note there is a huge drop off <laughs> after the clippers clippers were five games uh from the from the first seed yeah the, the, the doubt mavericks were 10 games from the sixth seed even though they were <laughs> one seed below uh one seed below the clippers mm-hmm. um, yeah trailblazers Ooh, yeah that's a tough one I, oh, okay, I, let, here, here's the caveat. Assuming Dame stays. Yeah. Hmm. That's also borderline to me. That's pretty borderline. <laughs> I'll say... I could predict out. That's my prediction. I don't know why. Here, Here's the thing. Their net rating is actually t- pretty bad for a, for a six seed. And yeah. One of the reasons why is because they won a lot of close games, and they and when they lost, they lost by a lot. Yeah. It basically means it's a lot of Damian Lillard hitting game winners and just being fucking amazing. Yeah. Is that sustainable? I don't know. 
Like it's you know that's why I think the Knicks are gonna drop off quite a quite a big quite a big cliff because they actually won a lot of close games. And I think like even though they did improve a little bit, I think they will be fighting at the play-in. Although they're in the Eastern Conference, so who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's I think the Blazers. Although you know you know maybe not the most pro- like maybe not like the most popular opinion. I think they did improve a little yeah. bit. Larry Nance is an upgrade. And, oh yeah. You know they have basically most of their team. And assuming like the Dame situation like just figures itself out, I think they'll be around the six to eight, possibly the play-in. But I think they're gonna be in. Okay. Yeah, I could see it. I assume I'm gonna know your answer for this one, Lakers. And Grizzlies. Oh, okay. I think they'll be in, but I'm I'm saying a lot of ins. I feel like <laughs> how many ins have I said so far? Six. I think you basically. I mean, depending on what you, I mean, like you said yes for the Mavericks, and, and did you say Trailblazers are out? Yeah, Trailblazers are out. That's seven of eight that are in. <laughs> Dear goodness. Okay, I I should say start saying out soon, but Memphis, it's they're good. That's borderline for me too. I, I will I will mention they did trade away Jonas Valanciunas for Steve yeah. Adams, and yeah, they. Yeah, yeah. Who they lose? They didn't really lose anyone other than that, but yeah. So they did trade away Jonas Valanciunas or Stephen Adams. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say out for now. I I don't know what to think of them. Like, it seems like the Twitter loves the Grizzlies. Like, most analysts love the Grizzlies, and like mm-hmm. they. And they just and they basically like pencil in them to make the play or at least be in like the hunting for like the eighth seed or like even up to the sixth seed possibly. Yeah, yeah. I personally don't really get it just because like they, I think they clearly downgraded a little bit with you know the the uh, Stephen Adams and Jonas Valanciunas Valanciunas trade. Jesus, mm-hmm. thing to say, but like. I think he was. I personally, I didn't watch a lot of uh, Grizzlies games. I thought Valanciunas was very important to, to their team. And Steven Adams, maybe last year was a fluke, but if he is like who he is, if, who he was in the with the uh, Pelicans last year, like that's a huge downgrade. And they're ex- although I have heard they're expecting Jaron Jackson to just slot right in because they did miss Jaron Jackson for much of last year. Yeah. But, like. I mean, like, if they're going to play Zaire Williams at all, like, that's a pretty... Like, I loved Zaire Williams during the draft. Like, but he is going to be a project, and he is not going to help you this year, most likely. Like, my, my point is, and they... and Oh, yeah, they also traded, like, uh, Patrick Beverly for... Although they, he wasn't really part of the team. For younger guys, I think it was... What's his name? Eric Culver and... Uh, Jared Culver and some oh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, who they who they end up training for Carson Edwards and uh, Chris Dunn. Like those guys are good. those guys are fine. They I don't think they move the needle one way or the other really. I just I don't really see them finishing in the, at the eighth seed, like or the ninth seed technically last year. They won the play in, but like 
they're a tricky team to me, and I, I'm kind of confused on why teams are as high on them as they are. It, I mean, I, I mean, like Jaws, amazing, but I think they have been a little bit overhyped. My personal opinion. I see. Yeah. For for me, for now, out. Okay. The two more teams. Uh, the Warriors. Dead. <laughs> yeah. And San Antonio. Ooh, yeah. I I gotta say out. They they lost to Rosen, Gay, and uh Patty Mills. Yeah, okay. They signed a bunch of kind of mid mid level guys, let's just say like they signed um what's his face? Doug McDermott. Zach Collins was actually the one that was very confusing to me. Like that much money for a guy that just hasn't played much. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I, I think they're out. I think the Warriors yeah. are in. So like as I said, I thought the Kings were going to be in a running for the eighth seed and possibly even all the way up to the sixth seed. But you just listed out all these teams and you basically only had two teams that were out. And like <laughs> those two teams are still like question marks, but more leaning towards probably making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the Kings are more or less going to be in that play in area unless somehow like like hallelujah they fixed their defense and somehow their offense hasn't dropped off there is a chance that can happen but like i wouldn't bet money on it yeah we're like it's it's gonna be a tough race and it's definitely gonna be a borderline finish towards the end of the season especially yeah all these teams uh, have you mentioned OKC, Minnesota, and Rockets? I mean, I, I think I already know those answers. No. <laughs> no. Sure. I, although I will say, I'm a I'm a believer in Minnesota. I think Minnesota's got something. Yeah. How, how about Pelicans? Because I don't think you mentioned Pelicans either. I mean, like it's just. I don't know what to think about them. I mean, they better make the playoffs. I personally don't want them to make the playoffs because that means that we, the Kings won't make the playoffs. They don't make the playoffs. Zion's is probably gone. Like, honestly, Zion, I think, is going to be gone if they don't make the playoffs. And, like, talk about confusing. Like, they, they signed Devontae Graham. They let Lonzo go. And every justification for letting Lonzo go, unless there is something behind the scenes that we just don't know about, is a terrible idea you you basically downgraded so much like from from lonzo ball and then of course like you know uh what's it called they traded it they traded away steven adams for Jonas Valanciunas. that's an upgrade now is that a substantial upgrade i don't know i don't i don't understand the fit next to zion that well um because they both can't really shoot like yeah i mean the the downgrade like the the lonzo situation the looming kind of Zion question, like, I mean, like, think about it this way. They have, like, two all-stars, technically. Like, although Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year, but he was the year before. It, so, and Zion is apparently this this world-ender, this destroyer of worlds. And somehow they're barely better than, they actually had the same record as the Kings. I don't know what the hell is up with that team. There's something off with that team. And if they don't make the playoffs, Zion is gone. Oh, you okay? <laughs> Mind you, two seasons ago, everyone, I, you know, I don't say this in the most disrespectful way, was on, was like so just 
sucking up to David Griffin. I was like, oh my god, they they got rid of Solomon Hill's contract with the fourth pick. Oh my god, they got they got a king's ransom for AD. Look at all this young talent, and oh my god, they got Zion. They're on the way. Two years later, he is arguably one of the worst GMs. Like, if you look at the stuff he's kind of done, like, you know, miss like the Stephen Adams extension was was pretty bad. The Eric Bledsoe signing or the Eric Bledsoe trade, like getting rid of George Hill instead, like, and then of course the Devonte Grams of which by the way they gave up a pick for, sign and trade a guy that's honestly very average, like for and also like a pretty big contract for I think ten million a year for like fifty million over four years. Mm-hmm. Some pretty awful moves since then. It's like what, like man, like talk about how how things change in, in a short amount of time. Like again, and of course the shameless sucking up the Zion as well. Like oh my god, like he, his body is just built differently. Like look at those biceps. It's like what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> it's, yeah, that that's my take on them. Um, yeah, good good luck, Pelicans fans. Yeah, <laughs> we shall see. But yeah, back to the original question. I, like, I mean, I just, we just list out the teams that are going to make the playoffs. Like, if things are going to break the way, like, logically, yeah, there's no way the Kings are going to be in the top eight. They're going to be fighting, fighting for the play-in. Yeah, but, you know, I still have faith. I think we could uh, hit the eighth seed. I don't know how far we'll go into playoffs, but... Hopefully yeah, we win at think least first one. Round out. I think yeah, first round out, but... <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping we win one playoff game. <laughs> I want to see that happen. KC said, "Whatever we saw in the Bucks, that will be the that will be Sacramento in the play-in game." <laughs> <laughs> like legit, <laughs> legitimately, like Doko is gonna be just filled with people. <laughs> like that's where we're at. Like if we win a game, oh my god! Like throw a parade right there. We just yeah, win a, a game at home. Yeah, game that's a parade. Play, yeah, game to playoffs parade. Winning a game, <laughs> another parade. Yeah, oh my god! Like, we'll talk about it later about like teams we're excited to see. But, like, we draw the Lakers in the first round and we somehow win a game. And God forbid, like I don't think there's a chance that hell it will happen. But like, we somehow beat the Lakers in, the, in oh. round one. Like, oh man. Yeah, you know what? That that's our championship right there it's just yeah th- hang a band hang a band that's a banner up up right there I'd, I'd buy a shirt of that to remember that day <laughs> so anyways yeah I, I it's hard to for me to see them um get anywhere beyond just the play-in unless something really breaks their way you know, of course, I'm not calling for it, but like injuries are a thing, and hopefully, no injuries happen to the Kings, no in, no major injuries happen to any other team. But like, they're a reality of the game, and if the Kings can somehow take advantage, like they can sneak into the top eight possibly. But as it stands right now, if everyone is healthy, yeah, I don't see how they would make the top eight without a Simmons trade. Yeah, it's it's hard to say for now. So yeah, we we'll have to see. So yeah, knock on wood that we we don't get any injuries. But yeah, I don't wish for any injuries for other teams either. Okay, well moving on to the next question. So you know we've been talking about the Kings. There are you know 29 other teams uh, for those who didn't know. 
Um, so I don't want to, you know, make this episode any, make this section any longer. But like, what are three teams you're excited to see that are not the Kings? So, first off, let's start one by one. Well, we both agreed that we want to see how the Lakers panned out, right? Oh man, I, like part of me just. I'm not like straight up wishing for failure but what i will say it is going to be hilarious if it doesn't work <laughs> yeah what are your thoughts on it i feel like this is the year that lebron will have a fall off of some sort because he's getting there in age he's what 37 i believe 37 i believe yeah, yeah. like <laughs> 36 but this uh this december he'll be 37 but my yeah yeah, but my goodness he's going on this long it's hard for me to see lebron going on like he is um previous years to this extent uh especially with how the lakers are right now um, it's gonna be. I feel like it's gonna be more of an uh, eighty heavy team, but you know, don't know about him and injuries either. And I do not trust Westbrook. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I want to see how much LeBron can push out of him um, this season. And uh, yeah, let's hope uh, we see uh, more things from him, and hopefully he makes things happen. This team reminds me of the failed experiment of the 2018. I don't know if you remember, Ooh. like how the 2018 Cavs started out. They had Dwayne Wade, they had Darren yeah. Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they had D- Darren Williams. I think that was a year before. I think they had Derek Williams, Jeff Green, and then Isaiah Thomas. Oh my God, yeah. Oh God. So just like. So that was kind of when they try to pivot away from because LeBron is always like responsible for ball handling and you know always mm-hmm. making decisions. So at that point, I think that he was trying to go with the approach where like, oh, let's get ball handlers around uh, around LeBron, guys that can take the low the playmaking load off LeBron. Unfortunately, uh, this is kind of the parallel that I see. You know, Dwayne Wade, uh, Derrick Rose were not shooting. But they were ball handlers and were playmakers. Westbrook is a playmaker and he's a damn good. He is still really good. Like, let's not get it twisted. But he, imp- very importantly, cannot shoot. And then they also surrounded him with, let's just call them average shooters. Like, Kendrick Nunn's an average shooter. Malik Monk had one good year of sh- good shooting. Trevor Reza is going to be, you know, 30 to 35%. You know, you're going to get what you're going to get. Armello is a shooter, but is an absolute tire fire on defense. Um, who's another? Who's another guy they signed? I, I'm kind of blank. Uh, Wayne Ellington is a shooter. That's their one good shooter. That's, and if there's no one else, like THT is not a not a shooter. Like you look at the up and down that roster, it's not a lot of spacing. And of course, you know they they solved that by signing DeAndre Jordan. But like, you know it. <laughs> there's no spacing and i think lebron is gonna find out it's it's really goddamn hard to drive to the rim because you know of course like ad can be like in the dunker spot as well but again that's that's still not a lot of space mm, yeah and as i and also as i mentioned like none of these guys are really locked down defenders outside of um 
outside of LeBron and AD, and you don't want to roll out LeBron to be a lockdown defender, and AD can only do so much. So Frank Vogel is going to figure something out with the defense. I mean, he's he's a great defensive coach. Let's see. If he can, I want to see if he can actually make something happen out of these out of this team. And uh, but as on the offense, ah, it's going to be hilarious. Yeah, and it's yeah. It's, to me, it's hard to see the Lakers making top three. In my opinion, I think they're going to be good in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, there is a there is a scenario that I've been kind of talked into where they can be the number one seed with sixty wins. Uh huh. They get to the playoffs. That's <laughs> uh, like be ready for like you know the center to be on Westbrook and just camp out in the paint. <laughs> He's, they're gonna turn him into Tony Allen, like legitimately. <laughs> oh no, that's pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, I don't ever want to bet against LeBron. He probably will figure something out, and you know, like Lord knows, it might work. I don't. I wouldn't pick them to win the title by by any chance. I don't think they have a chance in hell if the Nets make it. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that. Ooh, I forgot about the Nets. That would be my top three, but I have my other three already locked in. Okay. So, oh, are we gonna move on to the second team? Oh, sorry, yeah, no, go, no, finish your thought. Uh, no, I, I, I'm just gonna move on to the second team, and uh, that second team for me is uh, Golden State. Okay. Because uh, even though they've been out for. How many years now? Two years? Three years? Out of yeah, the playoffs? Te- yeah, technically two. Yeah. I want to see how Clay is because, you know, coming back from Achilles. Was it? Yeah, Achilles, right? Achilles and ACL. Yeah, okay. I, I forgot. Both. Yeah. Coming back from both of those injuries? My gosh. I don't know. I want to see how he plays. Was Steph back? Well, he, he's been back, but was Steph included? Um, and the team that they're bu- trying to build around right now, especially with the draft picks with Moses Moody and uh, Moody Moses. Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> you said yeah. Moody Moses? No, that, that, that was a perk thing. Perk oh, just could yeah. not say his name. I was about to say. I was like, what? Moody, Moody Moses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Moody. And uh, who, who was the, who was the other person they uh, drafted? Kaminga. Kaminga. Oh yeah, that. We will, and we and we at Sackings Therapy will not say his nickname. No. I don't think it's a real thing either. I hope it's not a real thing. <laughs> what is his nickname? If you don't I'll, mind me I'll, asking, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you in the chat. I don't want to say it. Oh, it's it's that bad. <laughs> I'll DM. I'll DM it to you. It's okay. It's bad. It's bad. But. Uh, but moving on with, with, you know, the draft picks that they've chosen and also with hopefully knock on wood for them as well, hopefully a fully healthy team, I could see them going top three, in my opinion. I think like they're young guys, like M- Moses Moody probably will contribute a little bit. I don't expect Kaminga to do anything like I, he's just he's so raw. And I think he's he's not really going to contribute much. Like he's going to maybe do something in the in the regular season, but in the playoffs, I don't even know if he's going to be in the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ought to see what Wiseman is. Like Wiseman had an up and down year, and like 
Steve Kerr kind of refused to play pick and roll with him, even though he arguably would be amazing in the pick and roll. Instead, they had him play Andrew Bogut, which did not go well, basically. And, you know, they finally <sighs> added shooting. You know, you know, it's kind of in- incredible how they just never did that last year. <laughs> like, and like be- guy with guys like Belly, um, Otto Porter Jr., and they might have signed someone else too. I don't remember. But like, this all hinges on Clay. Like, it's it just like yeah it's just all of it hinges on clay and and if clay is healthy we'll have to see like maybe jordan pool is like further improves like jordan pool was very important for them like late in that season Mm -hmm. and like we'll see how all those pieces fit together and uh yeah i i mean although i will say like uh, i was listening to i think uh, i forgot which ring or podcast but like Big Waz basically said, he thinks he thinks if Clay is healthy, they're better than the Suns. Are you on that train? Ooh. Why? How healthy are we talking about? L- let's Clay? just say ninety percent of what he was in the twenty nineteen finals. Yeah, I definitely think they're better if that's the case. Yeah, if he is that healthy, yes, they are better because if you think about that that specific warriors team like yeah right a, like right at, like after katie gets hurt of course like it was just a barrage of threes from stephen clay and they just about beat that team like i mean clay doesn't tear his acl in game six they win that game most mm-hmm. likely so and like that raptors team was is better than the lakers team from last year that won the title or two years ago that won the title in, in uh, disneyland and and that Lakers team arguably was better than the Bucks team that won. Like, so, yeah, like if they can get some version of that 2019 team, which of course, which as we just mentioned, it was just Le- uh, LeBron, was just Steph and uh, Clay raining threes mm-hmm. um, on the other team. Like, yeah, they're probably you can probably like have them win the West. I, I mean, I hesitate to say they'll beat the Nets because. A lot of guys on the Nets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I think they can win the West if Clay is, you know, just eighty or ninety percent of what he is. Yeah, I really could see that, but yeah, for now, I, I really do wish uh, to see how Clay is at the uh, what at the start of the season because mm, both those injuries, man, those are career-ending right there. Yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. We'll see how like how he is. Like, it's just so hard to tell. Like, I mean, even even if he came back from the ACL, I thought I, I would have been pretty confident he'd been fine. But on top of that, the Achilles, like, plot. Mm-hmm. So. Let's see. Yeah. Did you have a second team in mind? I mean, I'm gonna go with the Hawks. I just okay. think like I just think they're very interesting in terms of just they've kind of locked themselves into into that team. Although they can probably make a move possibly for a bigger star but like my, what i'm really looking for is that are are they going to improve and are they going to make the conference finals again which i don't think they will just because it took an all-time collapse from the sixers for them to make it and i thought their their talent level was nowhere near where the sixers were. yeah hey they and... pulled it out and you know trey young is a fucking superstar and you know uh john collins is a 
He's a nasty person. Bogey is a nasty person. Kevin Herter, you know, Rick a Rick Astley, but six seven Rick Astley, like is a is a is a monster, or you know is a killer. Like those guys are all like really good players, and I want to see if like they can take the next level collectively. But I personally don't think they can, because you know, I'm I'm, feel, I'm interested. I feel like as long as they don't play the Nets or the Bucks or let's see what's another team as long as you know those te uh if they don't encounter those teams during the playoffs i think they should be fine <laughs> yeah we'll see like it'd be the celtics with healthy jalen brown and jason tatum i don't that's, know yeah that's a tough call for me i mean, t t I mean celtics were a tire fire last year so i don't yeah. know but, yeah may maybe they do make the conference finals again but like i mean if i don't want to say they're conference finals run was fluky but it did take a lot it take took everything breaking in their way to be able to make that you know make that jump and you know with a full season Nick McMillan who is a very good coach we'll see yeah we shall see let's see well for me my third team it's it's a weird one in my opinion but uh I'm choosing the Miami Heat Miami Heat, okay. Yeah, with the roster that I'm looking at here right now, it's 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 a little interesting. Uh, I don't know how it'll pan out uh, because I, I am a pretty big fan of Jimmy Butler, but I don't know how far they could go. It they, it could be like a dumpster fire for all I know, or it could go real far. But with uh, what how the East is uh, playing out right now. I'd say they'd be right in the middle, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go a little further. But like I said, I don't know how this team will pan out. <laughs> but if, with the additions of Kawari and uh, Victor Oladipo, and uh, let's see, and you know the rest of the team, I don't think there'll be a tire fire just because, like Jimmy's presence, Jimmy's and Kyle Lowry's presence, I think will stabilize you know, that team and prevent it from becoming that, you know, just stop it from becoming chaotic. And guys like mm -hmm. Bam Adebayo, those guys, they're, he's young, but he feels like a professional to me. Mm -hmm. Does this team beat the Hawks? Ooh. <laughs> oh. See, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Like, at first, I actually thought like, oh, I'm gonna peg them for the finals, but like, or I'm gonna peg them to win the conference. Mm -hmm. If you look at the actual competition, like the top two, like undisputed, is the Nets and the Bucks, like mm -hmm. undisputed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're getting past them, but like, they're you know, if things break their way, maybe. But like, I think the app, like their apt level, like where they at, they're actually at, they're they're tier two. It's a pretty far drop off from tier one. And I think they're in the same tier as the Hawks. So do you think they beat the Hawks? Oh, man. I actually, I actually don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I, mean I, think, I think they'll put up a fight. It'd be interesting. I like that. I think that's a seven-game series. Mm-hmm. Why? by me thinking about it and me hesitating to give an answer that this is how like weary i am about 
the uh, the Heat try to beat the Hawks. Yeah. Yeah. It'll 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 be a little tough. We'll we'll have to see. Okay. Well, my third team. <laughs> You'll love this. The Seventy oh, Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, the first, like, if if Daryl Moore is willing to, and he's doing the right thing, he should be going into the season with Ben Simmons, just like at least like because right now his his value is low, and the fact that we are talking about a Buddy Healed and Buddy Healed Marvin Bagley and picks package as actually feasible to get Simmons, that is low, and honestly, that's a pretty awful return from for the 76ers. The fact of the matter is, you can't go into the season with him. It's just going to be so toxic. It's just going to be so awkward. It's just going to be so weird. Like, and then, like, if that happens, like, that's going to be an absolute must-see TV show, basically. And, like, let's just say he does get traded. What is the optimal return, I guess? Like, do they, like, let's just say, no, they're, they're, like, holy grail, of course, is Damian Lillard. But like CJ McCollum is not a bad consolation prize. Mm-hmm. But like, does that get them to the finals? Does that get them beating the Nets? And yeah. like, you know, you have to look at the chemistry issues as well. Like, and, may, and like, does that work out? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just very curious of like whether or not they trade Ben Simmons, and if he's gonna play a game, and when he does get traded, what kind of return are they gonna get? Yeah. That's a tough one, yeah. But uh, man, yeah, seeing the Seventy Sixers after all of this, man, that that would, yeah, that would be an interesting team to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just, I mean, it, it's, I mean, they're kind of linked to the Kings as well, but it's just like, man, at this point, like, oh, if they're gonna actually go into training camp, which it will be awkward enough as it is. And if he's gonna actually play games, they're gonna boo him. They're gonna boo Ben Simmons, like oh, the home no, crowd. For sure. <laughs> like, even if he gets traded somewhere, when he comes back to Philly, there's gonna be riots for against him. And like that, that's not gonna be good for Ben Simmons's mental psyche. Like, I mean, I mean, that there's the other part. Like, is he gonna hold out? Is he just gonna, not gonna show up? And then, it, it, uh, are the 76ers gonna dare to actually find him? Yeah, I mean, it's gonna put. He's putting more Kindle into the fire. That's already happening. So, oh man, yeah. Also, there's also the side story. Maybe Tyrese Maxey wants out as well. Which, like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Maxie's good, by the way. Like, that's the other thing. Like, he actually was playing it during that playoff run, which surprised me. They were relying on him. They were that <laughs> desperate for, like, some sort of creator. And by the way, I think I've, t- I think I've talked about this before. It's like, they're paying Tobias. Tobias Harris is the highest paid player on that team, by the way. And it's like, that's what you're getting. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a good player. And uh, and he's not the highest paid player anymore because Embiid signed an extension. But like, yeah, thirty six million for what is really average production. And like, there was one game where Seth Curry and Joel Embiid were the only ones scoring field goal in the second half. Like, where the hell was Tobias Harris? 
I think Tobias needs to step up, and Tobias needs to needs to, like send, you know, Ben Simmons a bunch of postcards because if it wasn't for Ben Simmons, they'd be eating him alive too. Mm-hmm. What you gonna call it? Yeah, I remember uh, listening to a podcast with uh, Jimmy Butler, and you know how the rise of the Sixers came about before the uh, what do they call themselves? Um, process. Yeah, the process of what they were and then Jimmy Butler comes in and how in my opinion I thought that was probably the best and last team to make a chance to for the championship and how like lucky he was to you know jump out of that ship because of how much of a fire or could be a fire would be and how much like you know shit that uh, (laughs) the media gave to Jimmy Butler man he was he was right he he was right to you know get out of that place as soon as he could that's the thing about like the process a lot of people like look at the process as this you know this incredible idea this incredible success but when you look at like who they drafted like they, they did draft well i will give them credit like there there was a graphic i think the starting lineup i think was jeremy grant rashawn holmes and I forgot who two other guys from the process. They drafted well, but then they didn't keep most of these guys, which kind of like shows like they weren't that good at evaluating talent. Mm-hmm. What they actually did was basically hoard a bunch of draft picks and then basically just had a bunch like what they actually ended up doing was gathered a bunch of darts to throw at the board. And whether it hits or not was not even important. It's just the, the fact that they had so many darts to throw at the board. And then, you know, they basically jump. They basically went from one of the worst teams in the league of, in history to all of a sudden being like, you know, a, a, well, a potential dynasty. But that jump made it so they basically never fixed their culture. They never had time to fix their culture. They were, you know, kowtowing to Ben Simmons. They were kowtowing to Embiid. Mm-hmm. And like these guys kind of set the culture and it was not good. Like, I was even making a comparison. Are they really, like, before Daryl Morey came in, it's like, are they a better front office than the Kings? Are they a better, like, you know, team culture than the Kings? They just happened to run into, because they got high picks, of course. That was part of the process. But at the same time, they never really fixed kind of, like, the root issues. Like, the root issues were still there. Like, you know, they were ca- they were just basically babying these stars, which was kind of what, you know, one of the things that got Ben Simmons out of there was like they weren't holding guys accountable. The coach didn't like, you know, bless Brett Brown. He did what he could. But like he wasn't really holding the guys accountable either. Like, and yeah, they, that culture never fixed itself. And it's still kind of like, I mean, it's basically it basically came to a head in last in last year's playoffs. And that's how they fell apart, I thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could replace like, I mean, they, you can you can inject you know, uh, Daryl Morey into the front office. You can put Doc Rivers there, but that culture is still there, and it takes time for it to build. Oh yeah. And yeah, they they needed to keep keep Jimmy Butler, but you know whether or not whether or not they could have kept him, they I thought like you know trading for Tobias Harris during that season was kind of a mistake because they gave up draft picks and Landry Shamit, so they had to pay him a max. <laughs> so it, I, I thought it was a mistake to trade for him. They should have just signed him in free agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, losing Jimmy Butler that season, like, was that basically kind of 
started the crumbling of the process of we'll see if they can put the uh, pieces back together this season, which again makes them very interesting. Yeah, I'd say I'd say they're close to you know beginning of the process. So I don't. I see. mean, I wouldn't say that. I think they're close, but to make that last hurdle. It's going to be rough, especially with the Nets looking like an absolute superpower that will destroy worlds and dominate the universe, basically. So. Oh, yeah. All right, let's uh, start wrapping up some of these questions. And if you guys are actually keeping track, that we are on question. We just finished question 11. So, yeah, uh, three more. Um, let's get this rolling. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new replay rule? Uh, to be honest, didn't really research or hear, hear about it, to be honest. So the I new see. replay rule, oh, sorry, um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, just, I'll just quickly go over it. The new replay rule is basically, in the last two minutes, it, uh, a lot of the times, refs will automatically review a lot of plays, like, for example, out-of-bounds plays, they'll automatically trigger, I think is what they call it. If, okay. like, if it's kind of vague or, like, if it's not quote-unquote conclusive. So, But now they don't do that anymore. In order to get a play reviewed, like uh, an out-of-bounds play, I think they specifically listed, um, t- team or coaches have to have to use their challenge. Ugh. That's uh, – I guess it makes it a little tough on, uh, like – last minute plays but man yeah that's eh, i don't know what to say i i guess that's great but i mean the replay i don't know what do you think of it i mean my main thing with the replay rule is that there are it just feels like (laughs) like the Sometimes the refs, what they do is that, oh, like they assume something is a foul or like they assume something is not a foul, but then they go to the replay and they still get it wrong somehow. Like, and then in the post game um, review, like they say, oh, we messed up there. We fucked mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. Like, I, so they need to kind of pick and choose like what they want to actually do. Like, sometimes, like, Sometimes I guess it's better to almost not go to the review because sometimes something just looks like a foul and ends up not being a foul or something is a foul or yeah, the other way around what like something isn't a foul, but they actually call the foul just play on because what, you know, what ends up happening? It they just kind of call a makeup foul on the other end and then mm-hmm. both sides are a bit pissed. And like, if they are going to go to the review as much as they are, make sure to get it right. Problem is, right now it takes too fucking long. The guy has to go to the monitor and look at look at a look at a play a bunch of times, and like you know, depending on like I guess how easy the call is, it takes up to like five ten minutes sometimes. Or like you know, it takes like a minute or all the way to ten minutes per play. Uh. And it's like at that point, just hire a fourth ref at the review. Why do they kind of like? do this almost bullshit way of like, oh, almost like for TV. Oh, the the guy's got to go to the TV. Just have a guy like either at the station 
or hell, do it like remotely. Have some guy in like a main headquarters just look at the play and just g- either give the refs a thumbs up if that was the right call or that was not the right call. Speed it up. Or honestly, just go back to, you know, to the basics. Like, honestly, this isn't too bad. But I just like this new rule, I mean, isn't the worst thing. But I do feel like refs are going to end up getting it wrong more often than or no, like they're going to get it wrong sometimes. And then, you know, the team that got screwed on that play will complain. But life goes on. But my main thing is I wouldn't have minded keeping the review rules the way they were. Just have a fourth ref. Mm, Yeah, I could see what you mean. Uh Man, I I don't remember uh why a play that would uh like way on top of this rule in recent times when we were watching the Kings. Try and think of one. In terms of the Kings, I can't name one. I just remember like, you know, famously the the uh, Phoenix versus Clippers game, game two. The last I think like thirty seconds or so took uh, took twenty minutes because of replays. And it was just like, <laughs> just have a guy there. And like, it, they did this weird thing with Patrick Beverly, like a Patrick Beverly strip where it technically went off of Devin Booker's hands, but like, but that, like, he knocked it out of bounds. Like, mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly knocked it out of bounds. It just kind and, you know, Booker's hands just kind of, it, it was a weird play. Like, it, it, there are, there, it's just refing is just weird now. Like it feels like they got the memo to like, oh, call it by the book. Well, if you're gonna call it by the book, there's gonna be a lot more goddamn fouls, and then guess mm. what? The, these out these games are gonna be like five hours long. So it, my main thing with the refs, keep it consistent. Like you know what? Sometimes you're gonna get it wrong, but like keep it keep a baseline of say how much contact is allowed, like on fouls. Like keep it consistent because what. What gets people pissed off is when it's really inconsistent one way or the other. Mm. Okay. Huh. Well, so yeah, it just sounds like you know you have many thoughts uh, to yeah. you know <laughs> research about, but you know that's how that's what that's my take on the new replay rule, and maybe and hopefully it doesn't turn into a shit show. Like late in games again, like last year again. Just hire the fourth ref. NBA, you got money. <laughs> like what? What is holding you guys up? Um. Okay. Well, let's let's move on. Um. This one's actually specifically um for you because I don't watch football. So uh, Matt Jones apparently is playing really well uh for New England Patriots at at the the season just started right. Uh yeah, tomorrow uh, this week's actually the second week of NFL. So so I think this was I think I wrote this question like during preseason or like I I had the idea for this question like during preseason where Mac Jones was really good and Trey Lance had some moments but like Mac Jones was better. Yeah. Um, so I guess you know and quick quick reaction are you are you sad that um the 49ers did not draft Mac Jones? Uh. I wouldn't say so. I mean, I still believe in Trey Lance, but problem is, you know, is that we don't give him enough playing time since we have Jimmy Garoppolo as our main quarterback. And, you know, with him still having his contract with us for another, I believe, I think this is, this might be the last year or next year, I forget. Uh, We still wanted to have Trey Lance, you know, develop with our team, you know, know the system. 
And uh, so far from what I've seen from, you know, Jimmy is that, I mean, he's doing just fine. I think he's doing uh, great for us. And, you know, he's he helped. He did help us take us to the Super Bowl at one point. And uh, for Trey Lance, I mean, yeah, like I said, he still has a lot to learn uh, since he's so young. I, I'm pretty sure he's like 19, I think 20 this year. I forgot. Uh, his age but yeah like I said uh, what training lands develop while uh, we burn out Jimmy Granopoulos contract because so far I don't think we're able to even trade Granopoulos at all in my in my mind I don't know how or I don't know where he would go but uh, going back to the Matt Jones I mean he's just he's like the same as Jimmy Granopoulos in a way to me he's a systematic player he has a great arm, which, you know, Jimmy doesn't really have in uh, <laughs> at all, in my opinion, because he either throws too high or too low. Uh, but other than that, I think I'm more excited uh, of Trey Lance than Matt Jones, because Matt Jones is, you know, a systematic player, of course, and has a great arm. But Trey Lance can be that kind of guy, but can also do a little more uh, like in terms of running and whatnot. This is the part that I generally hate about Twitter. It, it's well, yeah, because I'm on it as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Like it's always just like, oh, let's play the young guy and just have him develop, and you'll be fine. You get the best of both worlds. You're also, you, you know, you're gonna develop the guy and you're gonna win games. Except it's... the part about winning games, you're not yeah. you're probably not winning games if you're gonna play a rookie in. Um, yeah. it, it's just always that kind of second guessing. Like I, I heard, of course, like we heard a lot of that, I think with, you know, the third unit for, for the Kings last year where, mm-hmm. you know, e- even us included, like we wanted more Justin James. We wanted some cow guy, you know, why not throw Robert Woodard and Jemise Ramsey out there, but we want summer league <laughs> mm-hmm. and like the California classic, these guys aren't ready mm-hmm. like, and at this point and not much less last year. And, you know, like you, you know, I have my, I still, I still am a believer in Justin James, and I, I like Kyle Guy, but like those guys aren't, weren't ready, and no. like we, you can't play, don't, like you can't really play both sides, and you know, Twitter people like to be those people, like oh, just play, um, just play the young guys, and you can still win, and it doesn't work that way, unfortunately. Yeah, no, not really, because I mean, we, we for Trey Lance, we, we have all the time with him. Because he just got drafted. Uh, with the team that we have now with Granopolo and uh, you know our offensive defense, I mean, their time's ticking. We have contrast for each and one of them, and uh, you know we're trying to win now. And the team that we have now, I believe, is contenders for the playoffs and Super Bowl. So you know, putting in a rookie that has no experience in playoffs or even I mean, knock on wood. Hopefully, we do get to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't trust him too much, to be honest. You don't play a rookie. No, at in, all. in the in the most important you, game. If you're, uh, I don't know the NFL term, not tanking, just a new team. If you're a new team, try to uh, develop some guys and uh, build yourself back up to a playoff contention then, yeah, I would say go for it. Play Trey Lance. But 
we have all the parts that we really need for the 49ers to make it to the playoffs again and potentially go to the Super Bowl again. But the only worry for me now as a Niners fan is the injuries because we're we're played with a lot of injuries from last season, previous season, even this season right now with uh, see Javon Kinlaw, Emmanuel Mosley, D Ford. I mean, those are good uh you know, some offense and defense missing parts uh, that can be used in Shanahan's uh, schemes and whatnot. Okay, which one is more likely? Warriors make the finals or 49ers make the Super Bowl? Ooh. That's, I want to, I want to say for, uh, for football, it's, it's, it's really a toss up. It's, you never know what's going to happen for NBA. You could kind of tell um, who can make it to the finals or not, but I'm going to put my money on the Warriors. Uh, really? Because, really? Because, <laughs> because uh, so far from what I've seen from the 49ers, uh, everyone just got became healthy again. And then we lost some key players uh, due to injury, but you know, some of the injuries aren't quite, career ending or you know it will take months or years to uh heal up so yeah right now i'm gonna put my money on the warriors make it further interesting i i honestly as a not even a casual um football fan i just follow up Twitter. I pro I actually would have picked the Niners to make oh, the really? Super Bowl just because there's a lot more to like weirder shit happens with with football just because there's so few games and like you know it, it aren't like all series one game in football pretty much in the playoffs yeah. Yeah. so like flukiness like te- favor you know there's a lot of flukiness with it yeah. you know lord knows like 49ers could get knocked out weirdly yeah that's that's what i'm saying before like you you never know like one one drop of the football that's a fumble and somehow the other team can score over you just within that minute i mean and you see we've seen or i've seen uh a lot of uh touchdowns that happen within 20 seconds of game time so it's 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 crazy out there yeah and then with basketball you're playing seven game series so like the like talent or like how good the teams are like tends to kind of bear itself out within that length. And mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, like not knowing how good Clay's going to be. Yeah. I, it, it, I just can't put that much confidence in the Warriors. Um, to be able to say beat the Lakers or beat the Clippers, if, if, you know, although they're mm-hmm. a question as well, are they going to beat, are they going to be able to beat Clippers with Kawhi? Mm-hmm. You know, and then sure. who gives a shit about the jazz? But yeah. <laughs> For me to say the Warriors will make the finals before the Niners make it back to the Super Bowl, uh, I would say it's because um, it's it's really tough to make the Super Bowl first off, and it's rare. It was rare, rare for us to even go back to the Super Bowl. I I didn't expect to go back to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, uh, being the last time was was it 2011? I, I need to check. So it's it's tough. Warriors have been back numerous uh, times within the last ten years, so I wouldn't be surprised if they get close 
closer than what the 49ers can right now. So, we'll I mean, see. hilariously enough, they're both in the Bay too, which is all the more funny. Like mm-hmm. the fact that like they're both kind of trying to play both sides. Although, as at least judging from what you told me, like the Niners are more on the side of you know winning. Like the the Warriors want to win because they have Steph, Draymond, and Poss, and probably like Clay coming back at you know a decent percentage. Like they want to win. Their mm-hmm. championship window is probably now because Steph isn't gonna do this forever, and Draymond yeah. looks like he's about to break down at any moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like their their moment is now. I see. But also, they have Kaminga. They have Wiseman. These guys are young and probably will be really good in, you know, give or take like two, three years. Warriors have two, three years like to play around with. Probably not. And like they're they're I mean, last year it was they were stuck in a weird spot where they were trying to win, but they were also trying to develop Wiseman and both <laughs> both both ended up not happening, basically. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it. I, we'll, we'll see how this like how this plays out, but I thought it was just fun fun to compare the two. They're both in the Bay Area and they're I both see. dealing with the almost the exact same issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I made a mistake. They the last Super Bowl they went it was 2013, not 2011. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I would say, yeah, mm, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers went back to the Super Bowl like, within the next. I would say maybe five years because they have a great front office and we have a great coach. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised within five years. Warriors. Yeah. Since the drop off and potentially, you know, the age and maybe injuries uh, piling up. Uh, yeah. I want to really see what um, Steph will do. And yeah, we're definitely waiting on what Quake can do this season, but yeah, what would Steph do after the drop off of the Warriors? Would he stay, or would he's he? He's staying. <laughs> like he's not going anywhere. Well, at least I don't think. Like I can't see it now. And he just signed an extension. So, mm. but like I mean, at least now I don't see him going anywhere. But Lord knows what could happen in the next few years. Like, yeah. I mean, one literally one year ago, would you have said that Dame probably could be out of the Blazers? <laughs> like, yeah, I highly doubt anybody would have predicted that. Yeah, you would think you're crazy. <laughs> Basically, and you know, it, shit changes real quick in the in in the NBA, and you know, we'll see what happens, and hopefully the Kings' fortunes can change as well. Um, um, yeah, I mean that that's the <laughs> the longest way I've had to wait for a sports team to do something. So, yeah, we'll see about them. All right, last question. Now, um. In the past Monday night, past Monday, uh, Big E cashed in on Bobby Lashley and won the championship. W- I think the WWE championship. Yeah. yeah not the Universal. But no, no. Yeah. WWE championship. And yeah, everyone was really happy, like from the fans to the wrestlers to basically everyone who watched wrestling was happy for Big E because he is genuinely one of the most popular people like all around. No one has a bad word to say about him, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and b- before, but before that, the entire Raw was actually a much better show for the most part. And one of the reasons why is because, uh, yeah, the quality of the show has been pretty bad lately, and ratings have kind of tanked. And this was actually a headline last week. 
AEW Dynamite uh, didn't beat WWE Raw in the ratings, but they beat them in the most important demographic, which was 18 to 49. And the fact that Dynamite, like, just kind of, like, it's a relatively new show. And mm-hmm. they managed to actually beat the absolute, you know, the the monopoly, the the j- corporate giant that is WWE, and what is basically their most important show. Although you can make a you can make an argument for SmackDown now, but the fact that they were able to beat them in the AEW was able to beat um, Raw in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. That was a big deal, and it apparently it seemingly kind of scared vince a little bit and he decided to just go all out for the show basically hmm. basically pop rating they had biggie uh they had biggie announce his decision beforehand and they did essentially a whole kind of promotion where like please watch the show please watch the show he's gonna cash in he's gonna cash in and during the show they kept teasing that biggie was gonna cash in and he finally did and he won now my question is with this kind of with basically d- AEW Dynamite giving WWE finally kind of, you know, a, a bit of a scare, a bit of a shot up the arm. Like, is WWE going to actually get good again? <sighs> no. Are you kidding no? me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, congrats on Big E, by the way. But it... <sighs> I cannot trust Vince to screw, not like keep this up. I know there's going to be some screw up or he's going to have some <laughs> crazy idea for these guys, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on your side as well. I, I just don't see it. I think Vince, if he's going to, what he ends up always doing nowadays is that he has an idea. He likes an idea. And then one week later, he gets bored with it. And it's just, this is kind of what ends up happening. Like, Kofi, I mean, Kofi Mania, like, heartbreakingly ends, ended in an absolute, like, wet fart. Uh, yeah, it, it was way short. Although I don't, it wasn't like, it wasn't because it was short. It was just because the way he lost it in, what, seven mm-hmm. seconds to Brock and then mm-hmm. never challenge, never got a rematch for it, mind you. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I imagine it won't happen to Big E. And, but like it's the idea of the entirety of WWE as a concept mm-hmm. and like the way that they do these shows. Like I just don't think it's gonna change just because they're still earning money and they're still getting ratings. Like, let's be honest. I know that ratings are bad, quote unquote, compared to like years past, but ratings throughout, except for football, um, have gone down. And like they're still able to hold it together. And like they they are they've signed a bunch of contracts that will basically guarantee the money. I think it was uh, Jimmy Van of Fightful said they earn seven hundred million dollars a year just from U.S. U.S. contracts. Huh. That does not include that does not include uh, Saudi Arabia and their other shows that they do internationally. So like Vince really doesn't have much incentive to actually change. And honestly, like as CM Punk said this in 2011, no less, in that pipe bomb promo, this company will not change until he dies. Just won't. <laughs> Just won't. Yeah, I mean, how old is he? <laughs> not, not saying I want him gone, but you know. It's just it, he's in his seventies. Let me see. He is seventy-six. Oh, he's he was pretty good for that age, but uh, 
yeah, I, I would I would want to say this is one of the reasons why I don't like keep up with WWE anymore is due to like what's going on with all this kind of stuff. But yeah, hopefully we'll see some sort of change. I don't I don't know what though. Like it has to be something different, something fresh in terms of story, in my opinion. Not just throw in a big star, beat him within ten seconds, and throw it out within the nets. So we'll see. I mean, Hopefully, oh. I mean, like the thing is, it's just that like the, Vince will commit to an idea for a bit, and honestly, stuff that he's not directly involved in tends to be a little better. Like, mm-hmm. you know, check Roman Reigns now and Paul Heyman, like that. That is like really good. It's just everything else around it that Vince is involved in is genuinely kind of bad. And honestly, it's you can, you can kind of just like look at WWE and just use that to basically symbolize the deterioration of Vince. Like mm-hmm. he, he's losing his mind. And, but you know, he, I think, yeah, I think we've said it before, like I've said it before, like he is a guy that will basically work until he dies. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like you said that uh, multiple times. And, and <laughs> Like he's not gonna ch- he's not gonna change, and probably he's gonna live for a long time because he is a crazy person that is fueled by hatred and madness. And yeah, mm-hmm. he's not gonna he's probably not gonna go anytime soon. And because of that, WWE ain't gonna change for a while. Mm-hmm. And guess what? People will still watch. That's just how it is. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know you've stopped watching, but like you, but like you know, if once the hype, although I don't think the hype will ever come back with WWE because like it's just. They just don't put a good product out there anymore that yeah. gets the gets the young people um, engaged. But like if the, once once there's hype, people will watch. Like like let's be honest, people, the people that are still watching will watch until honestly they die. So you know, it, I mean, there's no reason to change for Vince, and I mm-hmm. get it. Like honestly, if I was like if I was him, like why would I ever change? I'm earning seven hundred million dollars from tv contracts and uh, and stuff for just thing and then that doesn't even include merchandise like why would i ever change mm-hmm. uh, well hopefully biggie will keep this title at, at least a month at least hopefully till next pay-per-view i'm hoping for a heel turn somewhere within a new day if uh you know somehow they get back together during the draft I don't, I don't, well, like, New Day as a whole turn heel, but I don't want them to, like, split. Yeah. No. I, mm. I don't think you can turn New Day heel now. They're, they're, they're too, po- well, like, at least, like, with Biggie's recent win, he's too popular. Yeah, that's true. It'll be, it has to be later down in the line. So, I don't know. Will Biggie rematch against, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? Bobby Lashley. Yeah, Bobby Lashley. Or will he face someone else? I think he'll face someone else in the interim. I think I, I've I've heard that Bobby's gonna um, face Goldberg at Saudi Arabia. So oh, that's why, yeah. why some there's probably gonna be someone in between. We'll see. But like I think I think Biggie will keep the title for a long for a while, uh, possibly like uh, at least until Survivor Series. I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's good then. Because I want, <laughs> yeah, I mean the buildups there. You have a lot of content with him, and hopefully they don't screw it up. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah, we'll see. I mean, WWE's been sh- honestly shit for a while, <laughs> like, and people are still watching. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like they always it, it. They've actually it's actually pretty genius because nowadays they do something. They put on an average show, and people are like, "Hallelujah! Oh my God, they're gonna turn it around!" And like, you know, Vince has finally changed his mind. No, it was just an average show. Like you've just been so used to shit that. Like, you know, when they do the bare minimum, you're like, oh, my God, good job, Vince. You put on a great show, great ideas. I love the boldness to try these new things. Like, <laughs> there are still some people defending that w- or WWE Raw and SmackDown are good. Although I will say SmackDown has Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Baron oh, yeah. Corbin, Baron Corbin, by the way, he had a he had a great run uh, for a bit, like with his new gimmick. Um, Like. Raw is just so so bad, and but there are still people that would defend it, and it's just like, yeah, you guys are too far gone. Like you guys are just, you know, defending the shit product. Like look me in the eye and tell me that WWE Raw was good. You like I listen to Wrestle Talk all the time. People say that Wrestle Talk and Fightful and like even Cultaholic, like they're too negative. Help look me in the eye and tell me that WWE Raw was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can say with a straight face, you're a sociopath. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, we'll see if they ever change. I don't think they will, even with AEW pushing them to the back until maybe like some of the contracts start to expire and these companies find out why would we pay WWE so much more money when we can pay AEW less money to provide a like arguably a better product like why would we ever pay wwe until like contracts start to expire and the money isn't there they ain't gonna change mm-hmm. oh yeah okay well finally uh finally done with this episode at 14 questions but it was way longer than we ever thought it would be um yeah uh, fong is back you know hopefully he's happy to be back and oh yeah uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch you guys on the next one. Um, you want? You have any final thoughts? Yeah, hopefully I make it to the next one. So. <laughs> yeah, you're on the Brock Lesnar Brock yeah. Lesnar uh, contract, so yeah. I'll have to schedule you uh, accordingly. Yeah, I'll I'll see you in Saudi. Okay, well we'll catch you guys on the next episode. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll see you guys later. <laughs>